Hello, welcome. Thank you for coming and listening to us today. Uh, my name is Madeline Turnipsey. And I'm Katie Tejador. And this is the pilot episode for the Love Thy Nerd Book Club podcast. Woo! We don't have, we don't have a great name for it, so we're just going to tell you what it is. Um, today, we're discussing The Gunslinger, which is the first book in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Uh, content warning for our uh, podcast and for the book. Um, the book has violence, um, strong language, sex, drug use, and rape. Uh, we will not be discussing all of those, um, but we will discuss some of those in our podcast today. Listener, be warned. If you are not familiar with this book, we will give you a little bit of a synopsis, um, talk about maybe why you should or should not read the book, and then we will enter the spoiler zone. Non-readers beware. <laughs> so the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. So begins book one of Stephen King's iconic fantasy series, The Dark Tower. Part sci-fi novel, part futuristic dystopia, part spaghetti western, and part high fantasy vision, The Gunslinger tells the story of Roland Deschane, Midworld's last gunslinger, who is tracking an enigmatic magician known only as the Man in Black. Following his quarry across the demon-infested Mohane Desert, Roland confronts a mad preacher woman and her murderous flock, holds palaver with a speaking demon, and finally befriends a young boy from our world named Jake Chambers. Jake joins Roland on his quest, but while Roland travels with his young companion Jake, the man in black travels with Roland's soul in his pocket. That is the synopsis from um, Stephen King's website for this book. So if you like westerns or fantasy or sci-fi, you know, that's those are all good reasons to pick up this book. Also, if you just like plain weird books, this is definitely one of those. It's a little bit trippy um, when reading through it. So if you like the weird, it, it's not your normal type of book. Also, if you are just an avid fan of King, you need to read this book. And if you haven't already read this book and like King, highly recommended. If only just to get into the Dark Tower series, as well as for its own reasons, which we will get into once we hit the spoiler zone. <laughs> in, the, uh, in one of the forewords uh, to the 2003 version of this book, um, King talks about some of his influences um, that he had when he was writing, and he said that he felt um, strongly influenced by wanting to write a, a big epic fantasy uh, like um, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. He wanted uh, to tell the same kind of story in the same kind of way um, uh, as the Spaghetti Western. Um, those were um, out on the big screen for the first time um, when he was inspired to write this. And he also um, felt strongly inspired by kind of the um, basically how, how when you were very young, you feel untouchable and invincible. He liked kind of that idea and wanted to play around with the, basically the, the invincibility that youth brings. Honestly, it's, it's well worth picking up the 2003 version, if only to read the introduction. <laughs> I can mm -hmm. get that word out. Um, it, because it really does give some good insight into the themes and the motivation behind uh, the gunslinger. And it, it just gives a really good perspective on the story. Mm -hmm. So definitely recommend the 2003 version because it's years after and King has had time to 
reflect and has gotten a lot more of his works out. So it, it kind of gives that um, hindsight perspective to the mm-hmm. book, which is nice. Um, he says uh, in the foreword that he did change just like teeny tiny little things um, to kind of help tie it in because it took him a long time to write the entire series. Once he finished the last book, he went back and tied up the loose ends. What are some um, issues that you feel like might keep somebody from uh, reading this book or maybe enjoying it without reservations? Uh, Definitely the weirdness. King ties a lot of real world uh, references into this world that's very fantastical. And it leaves you with a weird dissonance as far as like not quite being able to enter the world because it's not wholly separated from ours while still not being able to it it gives us weird alternate reality kind of vibe which throws it off a little bit and um yeah it just so so just that kind of odd feeling you get while reading through how he describes the world as well as the references he makes it 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 throws you off a little bit sometimes um this may appeal to some people uh, but others it may just who like more straightforward prose or straightforward story it could kind of throw them off a bit and make it a little harder to get through the book um it's also it doesn't have a lot of action so for those action orientated people probably not the book for you. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of description and thinking and uh, so there are backstories, but it's more like character building rather than, oh, this is relevant to why this certain action is happening now. So for example, like he, uh, Roland, the main character will be telling stories about his past, but it'll speak more to who he is now, not necessarily why the world is like it is or uh, what exactly happens. Like you kind of get the feeling that you don't really know what all happened and it leaves you with this weird kind of dream, like confusion Mm -hmm. throughout the whole book. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I'm sure it gets tied up like later throughout the series but as far as just like getting into the books if you don't if you really need a clean cut story and a clean cut clean cut action with distinct lines it's probably not the best book for you other issues um sex is kind of treated weird uh in this world um Mm -hmm. and often oftentimes they repeat they repeat uh, in the story or Roland um, as the narrator will say something to the effect of um, the world has moved on, which is kind of used as a reason for why things are not the way they used to be, why there's so much bad in his world, um, why he's the last gunslinger, things like that. Um, But I think it's also a good, I hate to say that it's an excuse for why sex is treated the way it is, but it's, it seems to be, at least another piece of that. Um, Sex is pretty transactional uh, in this world. Usually sex is given so that uh, one party or the other can get something else that they want, Um, or it's used as uh, blackmail. Um, There's really not any examples of sex in a positive light um, in this book. Which kind of speaks to the tone of the entire book it's a very bleak world that 
it he's in. And so everything's very, you feel very survival of the fittest, very minimalist because you can't have, like there's no pleasure it seems mm -hmm. yeah. that's very much had, which is why there's a lot of drug use as far as this, it's called devil grass and you can get very hooked on it. And, um, but I mean, it's, it's a way of escape. There's not a lot of, you don't really see happy people yeah. <laughs> in this book. Yeah, really don't. It, it's it's a very dark world. It's one that is almost kind of it, it's very dystopian, where people have just kind of given up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Without that hero to bring hope, so like in a lot of dystopian novels, there is the hero who brings hope, and yes, things can be better. And this is definitely not not one of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's single minded. And he doesn't really set out to help the people who he comes across. So, for example, he comes across a, a, a guy who he can see is struggling to make a living for himself, growing corn, um, who ha also happens to have a very cool raven. Um, <laughs> but, like, he doesn't offer to help him in any way. And, in fact, the guy ends up feeding him and giving him water. But it's not as if he's Roland is then inspired to make this life this guy's life any better he he just kind of moves on it's just like a blip on his radar he in his single-minded pursuit of the man in black so it it's very much again transactional like most of his interactions are transactional and it seems to be the way of the world like this world is you kind of see a world where people are just looking out for number one because it's such a harsh reality. So it's it it definitely fits as far as like the sex as a transaction because it doesn't seem like and again you don't really see a lot uh, you see all of this through Roland's eyes. So the fact that he doesn't see um like sex as part of relationship or like any kind of positive view of sex could could be just like it could be there but it could be that he is so jaded that um he doesn't really see it and all he sees is it's a transaction now it's it's what you do to get something you want mm -hmm. or like a means to an end yep exactly which is is very much a theme of his character is means to an end for most things mm -hmm. and he in some of his flashbacks he talks about one particular girl um from his past life Susanna um that it seems like he has um romantic feelings for um but at least in this book, it's only romantic feelings. And it is very heavily implied that she met a very bad end. Still not a positive relationship, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, more just tragedy. Yes, more tragedy. <laughs> and uh, since we're on the tragedy train, um, there are, there are two, um, two rapes um, in this story. And the second one, um, some people might not even consider a rape, but we'll talk about it. Um, first off, when um, after Roland, well, Roland goes to a town and he is chasing the man in black and there is a uh, preacher woman there um, who riles up uh, some of the townsfolk and talks about um, basically like the only good people are the people that um, stand in the light and aren't afraid to you know come out in the open. And all the while she's saying this um, sermon, Roland is basically like, standing in the shadow of the foyer 
the whole, <laughs> the whole time, literally. Um, and he goes to talk to her at her house uh, afterward, and it comes out that the man had black had been in the town before Roland and has um, slept with this uh, preacher woman, and that she says that she's now pregnant with uh, a demon that's going to kill Roland. And um, very graphically, uh, Roland um, rapes her as a way of ridding her of the demon. Um, and it, it was so wild. Um, I listened to this on audiobook, listening to it when it happened, because like there's never any thought of, of what this is doing to the woman or even um, trying to justify saying, well, this was her sin and so this is her punishment. It was just Roland is very driven to eliminate any kind of threat to him and continue his pursuit of the man in black. And so this is just what needs to happen. Um, it was pretty disturbing. Um, but at the same time, I will say that it is not out of tone for a lot of what happens in the rest of the book. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the pros as well as one of the cons about King. He's not afraid to shock when he feels the need to, but it does it does fit. Like it's it tends to fit the situation even though it is shocking. <laughs> and like um and and is is rather disturbing especially for those who have that trigger or are sensitive to that, like, which is one of the reasons why it's one of the issues as far as um, why readers might not be able to why we, read it freely without. Yeah. <laughs> why we give you a um, heads up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Later on in the story, uh, Roland and Jake, um, who is the boy from um, our actual earth, um, New York City. From New York City. Or New York. Yeah. Um, in the New York in the what years? 1980s, I guess, since this was published in 82. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so Jake, the boy, and Roland are headed across the desert. And at one point, um, Roland needs to talk to an oracle to see if he can make sure that he's going the right way to chase the man in black, basically. And um, the oracle is a very sexual creature and is really trying to push herself uh, onto Roland and Roland is trying to resist as much as possible, um, mostly so he can get information out of her. Um, and so he, tr- he tries as much as he can to get information out of her. Um, and finally, when he feels like that, she's not going to tell him anything else. Um, he says, have your way with me, which I still feel like as much as he was resisting is not actually consent. Because um, basically not only did she force herself on him, but she also, it seems really um, emotionally and almost spiritually taxed him. Because for like the whole next day, he's basically just like napping by the campfire because he's so completely drained. Um, And so it's really interesting to see how being raped is something that affects Roland. But at the same time, we never never saw any um, negative effects on... Uh, the preacher woman in the town earlier. Um, part of that, I would say, is probably because uh, they wanted her characterization to be a little bit more um, basically the bad guy. <laughs> they wanted her to be very obviously evil. And so when she orchestrates an uprising, it gets rolling after the fact. Um, it's more seen as because she's the bad person than because she was raped. Yep. 
So that's really um, that's really all the issues I would have from the book. But um, even with all those issues, I think there are still a lot of reasons why this is um, a fascinating read and one that a lot of people might enjoy. It's very pretty to read. It like you can definitely see the pictures when when he paints them. Like the pr- prose as King does is very well done. It's it's very how would you describe it like his excellent imagery um yes it's just you can you can see everything and particularly if you if you go into it thinking of the spaghetti westerns that he was influenced by like you just see everything sandblasted sun bleached like it's just basically the world decaying pretty rapidly but um a good way to put it is even even though it's spaghetti western it has the imagery and the uh, immersiveness of of a fantasy mm-hmm. novel. Like, it's it's a very short book, but it builds the world very effectively through its mm-hmm. prose. You can feel it, you can see it, you can understand why people are because, like, are the way they are because of how their environment is. Like, you can you can almost feel how it would be to live in there with the thirst and the lack of, so the lack of water and just the harshness of the environment and all the decay that happens around it and what kind of attitudes would spring up from that. You can kind of understand why people are the way they are and have the reactions they do to Roland and um, to the situations that come up, especially since Roland is the last gunslinger. So they don't really see a lot of, of his kind, obviously anymore, or, and some of them almost treat him like a legend. Um, because it it kind of gives hints that he is older than he seems, Mm -hmm. um, like older than natural, um, to where some of the people, so for example, like Brown, uh, the, guy with the raven um he kind of treats like he uh, he simultaneously treats roland as an enigma as well as a just a oh yeah of course this happens <laughs> <laughs> um i guess it, it partly was facilitated by the fact that the man in black came first but it's one of those things where it's like oh a gunslinger <laughs> didn't think i'd ever see one of mm-hmm. you guys <laughs> um so it's kind of that interesting yeah, it's just interesting in the in the way like you can kind of see the perceptions of the people based on off of the world and the prose that King builds mm-hmm. up. It's excellent world building. And even the exactly. um, like his word choice even, um the way that he writes and apologies this is my first King book, but uh, Katie tells me that this is very common for King that um oftentimes his prose is almost like bordering on poetry or flowery. I mean, they use the word palaver in the synopsis, so um, which I had to look up for this. <laughs> I so. And honestly, I wouldn't say flowery so much as like uh, on point. So like he uses he uses those kind of words to um, to make to build a precise image of what something is. So it's not as it's not. I hate to say it, but some books almost give you a dumbed down version of a description um where they'll use easier words or easier concepts to describe something but then not quite capture what the feeling whereas king tends to 
use more precise words that may be a little bit odd, but you can kind of figure out in the context um, to give you this really sharp image of something, Um, whether it's a person or an environment or a situation. He, He kind of, it's very easy to picture what he's talking about which is, I think, part of the beauty of reading any king. <laughs> um, granted, he has some of, you know, some that don't quite hit the mark, but I think it, especially in his be- his better and more popular works, it, it's definitely um, characteristic mm-hmm. of his writing. Um, one of the other narrative devices that King uses pretty often in this story is the use of frame stories. So only about 50% of the book, it feels like, happens in real time. And most of the rest of it Mm. is uh, Roland or someone else talking about something that has happened to them in the past. Um, So the the story kind of opens with um, Roland talking to Brown, the farmer, um, about what happened to him. The whole story of him going to this town, chasing the man in black, meeting the crazy preacher lady, and then... Um, her riling up the whole town up against him and Roland basically having to kill everyone in the town and run away. Um, That's, the, you know, the great <laughs> hero solution, killing everybody. I had to. They were coming right for me. Um, so, um, but that that's just like one of the one of the stories. There's probably like four or five throughout the entire novel. Um, and it's, it's it was pretty, pretty fascinating because you know, sometimes in a story there will be a flashback or the in older style books, the chief part of the narrative would be a frame story that someone else was telling, um, like around a, a, a fire or around the table or something. But um, it happens it happens a lot in this book. And so it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And it also gives it's it's a good way of Again, it doesn't really build up <laughs> why things are a lot of the time, but more so much as informing mm-hmm. the character. And so you really do get some really good insights um, into the characters through their backstories and how they tell their stories and what they include and all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Of course, Roland as an <laughs> antihero is yes. a great one because you know the stereotypical dystopian you know you've got to have your chosen one and mm-hmm. your hero and he is no. just not <laughs> he is a and he's a great anti-hero really he is um single he's very singularly minded on taking the mm-hmm. man in black out and so everything is in service to this one goal which means he kills a whole town <laughs> because you know, they're after him and they sided with the man in black. And, you know, it's just, it's just they're just Necessary. not worth it. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. So he's he's one of those ones where you almost get get that uh, sigh kind of feeling f- like he like he feels as just his whole job is. Oh, yeah, because because of it, like, why am I in this situation? Yeah. But I have to. I have to do this. Yes, but I don't I, want to. I feel. Kind of I feel things. like that. Roland doesn't ever roll his eyes, but like he should because that's basically his emotions yes. <laughs> most of the time. Like I have to stay in this town so I can get the information I need. Well, then I have to kill all these people because now they decided that I'm bad. Well, then I found this kid, and so I have to take him with me because otherwise he's going to die, and I can't do that. But now I kind of feel like I'm taking the kid with me. 
because I'm actually using him so I can get to the man in black. It's a lot of have tos, it seems like, with Roland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, at the end of the story, <laughs> he kind of just gives up. Um, yeah. like, that's what it feels like. He goes to sleep for 10 years. <laughs> so it's kind of like, really, you just I have to a take nap, a nap. Bro. I'm done. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> so it's one of those things where you're just like, he is a very reluctant protagonist because you really mm-hmm. wouldn't call him a hero. He's he, he's definitely a protagonist. Yeah. Um, I... I- I feel yeah, that way. Def- yes. Yes. So it's very interesting in its dystopian no- nature. So do not hear dystopian and automatically think, oh, YA dystopia. Because no. that is not what it is. <laughs> no. You would be disappointed, I'm afraid. <laughs> highly, highly disappointed. Um, Roland, um, in his reluctance, um, I feel like one of the one of the coolest parts is like very slow tension build. Um, once Roland, Mm -hmm. uh, meets up with Jake and starts traveling along with him, it really, after, even before Roland finds out that Jake is kind of, he's going to have to kill Jake or lose Jake in order to get to the man in black. We're in the spoiler zone. Reminder. (laughs) Spoiler. Um, (laughs) Well, we've already told what happens at the end of the book. So, Um, you know. You get the the feeling that, like, Roland is starting to feel like I... This is almost basically like too much of a good thing. Like he knows that he's not going to be able to stay and be chummy with Jake the whole time. Like that's not a realistic ending to his story. Um, And so it really gets the feeling of um, Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain to be sacrificed, particularly as um, Roland and Jake start climbing an actual mountain. And even at the end, um, <laughs> even at the end, the man in black makes that reference um, that uh, that Roland has basically sacrificed Jake, like Abraham brought Isaac up the mountain in order to get whatever it is that he, that he was seeking. Um, and it, it's just a wild, slow tension build, particularly as Roland um, becomes conscious of that, um, which for me happened after I started to get this feeling, uh, like at one point as they're going up the mountain, um, Jake's like, well, I'm going to go get some firewood. And Roland's like, no, just sit yourself down. And I was like, oh, gosh, he's going to kill him. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, hmm, overt yes, reference yes, yes. here. Um, if you didn't <laughs> get enough of the hint with the going yeah, up the mountain. Um, but it's a weird subversion whereas uh abraham was spared from sacrificing isaac um and found favor with god for his willingness to literally give up the thing that he loved the most in the world um roland took and protected jake um through not just like a desert and climbing a mountain but then also um underground with basically a bunch of zombies um and like brought him all the way to the very end, right when they meet the man in black and then loses him basically as in a go right or go left to, to decide if you're going to save Jake or get to the man in black. Um, and ultimately chooses the man in black and that he literally had to make the sacrifice, um, to get what he wanted. But again, I feel like that's in fitting with the tone of the story. Like it's not, it's not supposed to be happy or, um, fulfilling at least in that way 
Well, and like the difference between, you know, Abraham taking Isaac up and uh, Roland taking Jake is that Jake wasn't what Roland loved most. What Roland loved most was the pursuit of Mm -hmm. uh, the man in black. So honestly, he stayed true to his nature as far as which one he chose. And so it's kind of like you get that weird break and where Jake almost Mm -hmm. just accepts it. um, Kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of knew you were going to choose this. Because you've been obsessing over <laughs> yeah. this the whole time, um, so it, it's kind of like where the where you get the uh, unbelief of Isaac f- over this choice. Jake's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it, it's it's definitely an interesting where they where King call calls in this association. Only to mm-hmm. just shatter it because of the differences in character and the differences in the relationship between Jake and Roland. Um, because it is inter- because you know at the end of the day, even though Roland takes so much pain to save Jake from everything else, as soon as it comes to oh, if I don't if I don't save Jake, then I can get yes. the Man in Black. He's obviously going to mm-hmm. go for that and, option. And Roland, like, is does have some internal conflict over it. Like, he's not like, screw you, Jake. Thanks for getting me here. He does yes, feel yeah. bad. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. Yeah. He's but not he's just not, like, like <laughs> sitting there for three hours agonizing over it. Like it's- no. And he doesn't really. I mean, there's a little remorse, but there's not a lot of remorse no. afterwards. As far as, like agonizing over it and all of that because all of a sudden his his goal is within reach and so yeah. that's the focus again absolutely um what else oh so this this part i really liked just because um a couple of years ago i did a a piece for our um local writers group i did a, a little mini seminar about um the hero's journey and um uh, one of the bits of the hero's journey if you're not familiar with that um is the belly of the beast and so that's basically your hero's darkest moment and so i feel like for this book um this happens when um roland and jake made it up the mountain and they're on this handcart um on a train track underneath the mountain and so they're pumping the handcart uh and as they're pumping the handcart under the mountain tons of zombies basically are coming after them the book calls them something else the slow mutants but they're they they sound like zombies yeah. um essentially no but they're fast you. enough to get to the handcart and they're um yes just keep mauling and mauling the handcart and so roland is shooting them all and trying to push them off and Jake is trying to pump, but Jake is slow. And so then sometimes Roland has to take over to get them a little bit sped up. And then Roland has to go back to shooting. And then so their cart is going slow again. And then it's not great. Um, But at at some point, they get a little mini reprieve uh, in the middle of this. And for whatever reason, I guess because Jake knows that his time with Roland is about up, he wants Roland to tell him the story of when basically when Roland came of age, uh, when he felt like he came into his own as an adult for the first time. And so here in the dark, in the heart of the mountain, zombies all around them, um, Roland tells him the story of when he challenged uh, basically his fighting instructor, Court, 
um, back in the in the old country that is no more that Roland grew up in um, when he challenged him to a fight, which is basically his his graduation ceremony when he could become a gunslinger. Um, and so you can tell that in this story, in the moment of it happening in the past, Roland was very exultant and he felt like that he had achieved something huge. Um, but in Roland telling it to Jake here in the heart of the mountain, you can just feel this like immense sadness. And like, this is the point in my life that set me on this horrible path that I'm on now that I can't get out of. Um, and just like, not necessarily remorse, but just like almost despair um, that Roland has in recounting this. And so it's so wild to me to, to put like your, your coming of age moment um, when you as a young person felt so like on top of the world uh, here, looking back on it in, in this moment of despair to say, this is, this is when everything started going bad. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, it was phenomenal storytelling um, on King's part to do that. Well, and that I think is what makes it so more impactful because if he had made like a longer story going with Roland through his his journey mm-hmm. and everything that led up to this point, it wouldn't pack as yeah. much punch, I think, and it wouldn't you you wouldn't quite see how different he is to yeah, who he was. Like this young, idealistic kind of person who thinks he can conquer the world to this older old man who's just singularly living to take down this man, man in black. Like the it's it's a stark, stark mm-hmm. juxtapose. Like it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. and very powerful. Especially with like, you know, you're just like, why are you telling <laughs> yeah. this story right yes. now? <laughs> at, the be- at the beginning, when, when Jake was first asking that, and I'm like, this feels a little bit like forcing it. But once like I thought about where it was within the context of the rest of the story, and then like they have to fight a few more zombies, and then finally face the man in black there at the end, and then lose Jake. Um, it, it, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's genius. Genius, genius. It, yes. it makes a lot of sense, even though, like, at the beginning of that moment, you're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, well, this no. is awkward. <laughs> get out of yeah. the, Get out I of here. I don't care. <laughs> like, you're about to be eaten by zombies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that is not what... They don't get eaten Spoilers, by zombies, yes. so it's okay. <laughs> no. no zombies were fed Spoilers. in the making of this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta get to the end, I suppose. But yes, very interesting book. Mm-hmm. Well worth it. It's it's and it, especially yeah. it's so short. Really, if even if it is not your cup of tea, it's so short compared to especially if you are an avid reader, um, especially of King because he mm-hmm. writes chunky books. Um, it is a very short book. And you could probably finish it fairly quickly. So it's not going to take up that much time in your life. And you may just discover yep. you love it. Absolutely. Yep. Or, or just be super confused or by that. it. Mm-hmm. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. But it is definitely, definitely an interesting one. Though I will say, if it is your first King book, <laughs> like it is with Madeline's, he, all of his <laughs> books are not like this. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> um... Well written, yes. 
like as in all of them are well written, but as far as type of book and uh, all of that sort of thing, his uh, he, most honestly, most of them I would say are very different. This is this is a very odd King book in my opinion, as far as how it's done. It almost I, and I think because it's a series, I'm used to having the build up of the King book, mm, but then yes. getting all the payoff yeah. at the end. And uh, since it doesn't really do that in this book, so, which is why I think that um, as a series, it, it, the like it's good that we're reviewing it as a book. But I think also if you're going to do that and are, are expecting the payoff, you probably want to invest in reading the rest of the series as well, because you will not get that satisfaction <laughs> at the end of this book. Yeah. <laughs> Just forewarning you, yeah. it's not going to happen. All of the mis like, there's a number of mysteries that he sets up in this yeah. that he does not resolve, which mm-hmm. again is good because it's a series. Expect a lot but, of more um, questions than answers. Yes, a lot more questions than answers in this book. Um, which again, <laughs> the rest of the series. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, um, besides, but yeah, continuing to read uh, the rest of the Dark Tower series. Uh, what what other books might people check out? I liked this one um well the stands by Stephen King is definitely one to check out because the man in black is actually one of oh. the characters in the stands and I will not spoil which one because <laughs> it's worth reading even though it is a large large book it is definitely worth reading and figuring out because you will have an aha moment and it'll be so satisfying <laughs> um Another good one is, hmm, pro- uh, so as far as ones I've read, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. It also has that kind of weird feeling. Neil's Neil, So Neil's writing style is probably very similar to how, uh, has mm-hmm. yeah. similar vibes, I would say. Um, very dreamlike. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think that's a good one. Um, um, any other ones? As far as books that I have read, um, not not ones really that come to mind, unfortunately. Um, parts of the prose reminded me some of uh, Faulkner, William Faulkner. If you want to go back into um, um, yeah, American Gothic literature, um, just because so much of his work talks about um, the place and the people of a place and kind of the flavor of a place um, almost being a character mm. and as important mm-hmm. as um, as the things that actually happen to the people in the story. Um, there's a lot of that in, in Faulkner's work. Um, a great starter for Faulkner is always um, A Rose for Emily, um, which subject matter wise doesn't have a ton to do uh, with the same thing, but it's a short story and kind of gives you um, a flavor for his writing and is also slightly horrifying so there you go (laughs) (laughs) horrifying Uh, as in shocking things happened or horrifying as in like we're so supernatural supernatural horror horror, but people do um some horrifying things so i 
If you want me to spoil it for you, Katie, I will. We are past the spoiler zone. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was more... Uh, Listeners, yes. <laughs> ask, uh, yes, uh, asking, asking yeah. to relate what kind of horrifying. Because, you know, if they go in expecting, oh, uh, yeah, supernatural horror, they I'm might sorry. be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's more shocked. like... <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit... A little shocked. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, Norman Bates then yeah on that side of the horse so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> where is uh never aware is definitely more on mm, the su- yeah. supernatural kind of side i wouldn't i wouldn't really call it horror it's uh yeah i mean no it's very hard to describe <laughs> without spo- spoiling things so i don't know it's it's an interesting yes. one i like it but Neil Gaiman is also one of those weird writers where you're like he 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 is yes. also very prose heavy, so his mm-hmm. writing is beautiful. Um, so that's that's why I would say this Stephen King book is actually closest to the kind of stuff that Neil Gaiman does. But yes, Neverwhere is probably probably both with like subject. Well, I mean, main character is a uh, is n- not the same because. The main character is <laughs> a little nicer than Roland is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's some of the stuff that I would say if you if you liked Dark Tower, then maybe go yeah. check out those two. <laughs> Mo- also mostly Faulkner. everyone should read Faulkner because it's like <laughs> the one classic author that I had to read in high school that I like came away absolutely adoring. So I want everyone else to adore him as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, see, I like uh, I like Shelley good. for that for that Shelley's reason. Yeah, <laughs> I am a Frankenstein fan. Well, through and through. Uh, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to our pilot. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Let us know what you thought. Um, if this becomes a series in the future, we look forward to speaking with you then. Um, keep an eye out for posts about helping us choose books and possibly getting to come on as one of our guests as well. Thank you all so much. Yes. It, yes. Pick, pick, pick interesting books, that, books please. Um, please. That you feel like please. other people maybe haven't read. Our, yes, there are so many exactly. uh, fascinating exactly. books in the world and I love getting to meet new friends. Uh, and by new friends, I mean reading new books to meet new friends. <laughs> Books are friends. Characters Characters Um, are friends. (laughs) Yep. Thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you later, hopefully. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.